This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. And uh, tonight in the studio, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. Don't forget, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free. So head over there, enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We've got a returning guest back to uh, join us again uh, with uh, an update on Mark Emery. We've talked to Mark a number of times in the past. He is the Prince of Pot and... Was well known uh, worldwide for being one of the uh, the primary, I guess, go to guys when it came to commenting on the ending this insane war on drugs. Not he was not just about legalizing uh, marijuana. He gets it on the the full front of ending the war on drugs, and I think that's great. Of course, he's also a pretty liberty oriented guy, uh, having supported Ron Paul in two thousand eight uh, with his magazine Cannabis Culture, which is now a website instead of a magazine. Considering magazines are on the way out. Uh, they they figured that out. They stopped publishing the print version, but they are still online and very strong over at CannabisCulture.com. Uh, Mark was targeted by the DEA and uh, the United States federal government because, well, he speaks out against the war on drugs. They claim that the reason they went after him is because he's, uh, you know, he sells seeds. But actually, in some of the statements they've made, they made it pretty clear that they were after him for political purposes as well. And they got him. Uh, they managed to get the government lackeys in Canada uh, to hand him over uh, because he's a Canadian. He's Canadian. He's uh, you know living up in uh, Vancouver. And they, uh, they, you know, they brought him across the border, and now he's in SeaTac uh, Federal Prison, or at least last I heard, he was in SeaTac Federal Prison uh, in Seattle, Washington, preparing to be transferred down to another federal prison in California. His uh, lovely wife Jody is with us, uh, I believe. Are you in Vancouver tonight, Jody? Yes, I am. Oh, welcome back uh, to Free Talk Live. As always, obviously, uh, we'd prefer better circumstances. Uh, but uh, your husband, Mark, is he still in Seattle, or has he been transferred at this point? Yes, he's still in Seattle, and I'll be going down to see him this weekend. We don't know when he'll be transferred. It could be in the next few weeks, or it could be as late as next January or February. So we'll just find out when they finally move him. So uh, there's something going on that, I, as I understand it, in order to attempt to help him get out of the United States. There's some sort of process that could bring him back to Canada. He'd still have to be in jail, but at least he could be theoretically closer to you and in a Canadian prison system, which might be a little bit more comfortable. Yes, he's able to apply, as all prisoners are, under the International Transfer Offenders Act to be moved back to Canada. Uh, Canada and the U.S. have a treaty agreement that allows prisoners to be transferred to their home country to serve their sentence. And Canadians also have a right under our Charter of Rights to have entry into Canada and to be able to leave Canada and stay in Canada. So Mark has the right under the charter and under the treaty to be returned home to Canada. And the process requires applying to the Canadian government, which was done the day he was sentenced, September 10th, after five years in prison. So that application is with the Canadian federal government. But once he's moved to Taft in California, he'll apply for the U.S. side. And that goes to the Department of Justice, who consults with the BOP, the Bureau of Prisons, and the DEA and the State Department on whether he should be returned home or not. Now, America has been sending Canadians back 
Uh, they've recently scolded the Canadian government for not taking that Canadian, so we believe they should approve of his application, but it's quite a complicated bit of work that a lawyer needs to be hired for, and so that's what we're planning on Saturday, this Saturday, October 16th, an all-day money bomb, similar to what was done for Ron Paul, mm-hmm. where people contribute money in a one-day period towards the goal that we have of 8500 to pay the lawyer's fees. So her name is Sylvia Royce, and she's an expert at transfers, and we want Mark to be able to come back to Canada to serve his sentence and possibly get out sooner under our early release laws. Uh, so we need support not only with people writing letters, but to the Justice Department and to the Public Safety Minister in Canada, but we also need their support in this time of need financially because Mark, you know, a lot of people say, well, Mark made millions of dollars selling fees. Why do you need to ask for donations? And most people do know that Mark and I have no savings. We have no money set aside. His whole point for selling the fees was to raise money to give away as soon as possible. And, and he did that. He, he, he did give away millions of dollars to the various different cannabis uh, legalization movements, not just in Canada, but also in the United States and uh, around the world. Absolutely. He paid for medical marijuana ballot initiatives that have legalized it in many states. And right before I came on the show now, there was an ad with Montel Williams and Marijuana Policy Project. Mm-hmm. Well, they were going to be shut down in 1998, and Rob Campia came to Mark and said, I need money to keep MPP going. He gave them $15,000. And now they're one of the most effective lobbyist groups in the United States. They wouldn't have survived without Mark's money. And he gave millions of dollars away and sold millions of seeds, which helped plant the seeds of freedom and overgrow the government, as he always said he wanted mm-hmm. to do. And so even in California, with all that medical marijuana that has led to a vote coming up to legalize it, a lot of that is due to Mark, who was brave enough to send seeds to the U.S. and to take the money and use it all on the movement. So... He's done so much for many people, not even just financially, but just inspiring them and giving them advice and encouraging people to do what they love and to fight this fight this war, fight against it and end prohibition. And I hope that right now in our time of need, people will give back. I would hope so. I know that. I mean, having looked at some of these money bombs that have gone on uh, in the in the past, eight thousand dollars and change isn't an incredibly high goal. So I I have no doubt that with the right amount of promotion, you you will meet your goal and perhaps even exceed it. I mean, I think that this is easily attainable. Oh, yes, we, we sure hope so. We've already got a $1,000 pledge, and whatever we don't make on my store will we'll make up the rest of it because we've got to pay this lawyer. So uh, I sure hope people do contribute more, and if they do, that will go towards printing up more information pamphlets and helping with all sorts of other activism work. And, in fact, Jeremiah from Cannabis Culture and I are going down to California, to Oakland, with Richard Lee for November 2nd, and I'm going to be volunteering for a few days there, helping them with whatever they need. So, you know, travel fees for that sort of thing and to go visit Mark, that's, you know, what the money helps cover too. So whatever people are willing to give, we appreciate it. I get beautiful letters with five, ten, twenty-five dollar donations uh, from people who really care and are giving all they can afford to give. And we so appreciate that, more than I can express. And I know that many people who can't afford to donate money, you know, they're going to write letters and they're going to talk to friends and they're going to help us in whatever way they can, because Mark has touched so many lives, and that's what we're trying to give back to him. And, and he's still doing everything he can uh, from, you know, on the inside, which obviously is a limited amount of uh, ability. Where are you, if I may ask? It sounds like you're in a crowd of people. 
I'm I'm in a restaurant I'm about to have lunch. I've got a bit of a cold, so I'm getting a nice hot lentil soup <laughs> to try and fight this off. So a friend of mine and my ad manager and I are just having a bite to eat next door to our store. So tell me, Jody, where is it people can go on Saturday the 16th for the Money Bomb? They can go to freemark.ca or cannabisculture.com, and we'll have every half hour an update of how much money has been sent in. People can call in with their credit card or use PayPal online. We have a list of the different ways people can contribute. So you can also find other ways to help as well with letters you can send and phone numbers to call, uh, information about Mark if people aren't familiar with all that he did and how he paid taxes and how he's running elections and everything else about him. Uh, Free that's free mark with a c free jody i'll let you get back to your uh, your soup and i thank you for coming on the show here tonight always appreciate the updates and best of luck on saturday well, thank you so much. I truly appreciate it, and keep fighting the good fight. I know you're uh, facing some persecution yourself, but you know you're a brave person, and we really respect you for that. Mark sends his best. Thank you, Jody. I appreciate it. Enjoy your meal, and uh, we'll talk to you again. That's uh, freemark.ca. You can head over there, and I'm sure they'll take your money now if you don't want to wait until Saturday. Um, the guy's an incredible hero. I mean, that he stood up so so tall for uh, ending the war on drugs, and. They've come after him, and if, if we can help him get out of the United States and into Canada, where he might qualify for an early release, which he would not qualify for in the, the United States. The conditions are just going to be better, too. I can no. tell you that. Send him 5, send him 10, send him 20, whatever you can send. Uh, freemark.ca. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So head over there and you can watch the webcam if you'd like. We've got uh, Cam built in to the same page as our chat room, actually. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. You can watch, you can listen, you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. Again, that's cam.freetalklive.com. It is free and uh, brought to you by MemoryDealers.com. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They have the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They also offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. It's MemoryDealers.com. All right. The toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. To your phone calls and the fun, Todd is in Michigan on the amp lines. Hello, Todd. Hey, Ian, Sam, and Mark. What's going on, guys? Todd, what's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, I don't know if you guys heard today, but a U.S. federal judge basically implemented a block, if you want to call it a block, on don't ask, don't tell. 
the the military policy that's been around for 17 years. That's been a, that, a little uh, while, I think, hasn't it, Todd? I mean, I heard that I heard that like a week and a half ago. Um, is it is it somehow been put into play today? Well, the, the the judge it came out in the newswire today okay. from the Associated Press that it was that the district federal judge basically ordered this block. Well, the the news a week um, and a half ago, I think, was that the Democrats uh, failed at attempting to actually put this through legislatively. No, no, that's twice not what in a row, as a matter of fact. Yeah, so now I you're mean, saying a judge yeah. has stepped in and just basically put the kibosh on it. Basic, well. Um, what's interesting, and I was reading about this, uh, apparently, and this is, uh, I, I guess Phillips did this last month about this whole ruling that was unconstitutional. Um, according to the San Francisco Chronicle, she rejected the government's request to appeal the ruling only to the members of the log cabin Republicans the group promoting equal rights for gays and lesbians that sued the Department of Defense to overturn the policy. So um, this is interesting. Uh, according to this, the, um, and this is from this uh, one person named Alexander Nicholson, the executive directors of Servicemen, Service Members United, a gay and lesbian troops organization. He says, and I quote, this order from Judge Phillips is another historic and courageous step in the right direction, a step that Congress has been noticeably slow in taking. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, in in the perspective of government, I think it's a good decision. I don't think that people should be uh, targeted for their sexual orientation. Uh, I don't think anybody should join the military in the first place. I don't know why you'd want to. Uh, It's an organization that that kills people and causes destruction. So I have a problem with the military. But if if you want to join the military... For whatever reason, right. you should be able to. Well, the, the gays and lesbians are forced to to fund the military, um, yeah. so they should be able to, as far as I'm concerned, work in it in an equal fashion. I I know that some people believe that the well, ba- you, battlefield conditions mean that you shouldn't have gay folks there for whatever reason. But hey, you know they they make the gay people pay for it. Well, well, you know what's really interesting about this is that you've got a number of progressive gay rights activists over the years who basically were objecting to a policy that former President Bill Clinton signed an executive order on, Mm -hmm. um, something that came from a Democratic president, not from a Republican president. And you would think that at that time, when that went into effect, they would actually be all over him. They would just basically rip him apart. But no, they didn't. Um, They only went after the Republicans. Well, people policy. are partisan. Well, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. It's extreme. It, it, it was extremely bipartisan, no matter what. But it was still an executive order across the board. And for the Supreme Court, for for a federal judge to basically um, issue this kind of ruling, which is something that Obama would not even repeal in, in the old executive order that Clinton signed twice in a row. Just shows exactly where the priorities of the Democrats are nowadays. Uh, Todd, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. Appreciate it at 800 259 9231. You know, I think that the don't ask, don't tell policy was a step that the Democrats were taking in a direction. And I think that uh, this is. You know, obviously, Obama, this isn't where he's uh, focusing today. But I think that at some point or another, if the Democrats managed to keep a uh, a majority that they uh, that they, you know, gays would be treated equally in the military, at least uh, more so than they, they are today. So I, you know, I, I this the bashing the Democrats over it not happening the way they want and when they want. I don't know that that really works. 
By the way, a couple of uh, little bits of news here. Uh, Russell Canning, one of the uh, activists, liberty activists up here, has been out of the spotlight for the most part for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. However, was just arrested oh, no. over the weekend, uh, was released. He was arrested temporarily to hold him in the place where he was. He was okay. out front of the local federal building in Concord, New Hampshire, with a piece of chalk he had come out to chalk free Bradley Manning, since we're talking about the military. Uh, Bradley Manning, of course, the guy who is under, under fire, who's been arrested. The WikiLeaks uh, uh, guy. Yeah, he let out all that information uh, onto the Internet. And, of course, the federal government's very upset about that. Uh, Russell Canning went out to support him and uh, chalk the federal building. And they've chalked the federal building uh, before, or I guess some of the, the pylons or whatever out front of the, the federal building, the concrete slabs that they have out there. He was out there with a piece of chalk and the federal protective service agents came up, placed him under arrest, wrote him a $125 ticket, attempted to hand him the ticket while he was handcuffed, so he couldn't take the ticket, but they ended up forcing it on him and uh, then... Stuck it in a pocket or something? Yeah, then they released him. Yeah. So uh, we'll keep you informed as to what happens there. I don't believe that Russell has any intentions uh, to pay that $125. Which, yeah, that's going to go. Which likely means, well, we know how it goes, it likely means that he'll end up spending some time in jail. So, uh, federal... Uh, you know, federal detention, if you will. Well, the Bradley Manning case is uh, it's just it's it's awful. And uh, I I hope that people can support Bradley Manning in any way that they can. And so, yeah, I mean, the, again, the idea that somebody should be arrested for uh, for, for chalking. It doesn't That's make much sense to me, and it's certainly not crazy. Van- it's not vandalism uh, in the in the the sense that people imagine it. No, you know, you don't have to wipe away paint over it or anything like that. Next the time rain it rains, wa- the rain will wash it off. We live yeah. in New Hampshire; it rains all the time. It just shows that they're making this stuff up as they go along, and they can really apply the law in whatever manner they deem necessary. And anytime you do something that makes a difference, that wakes people up, that shows people, you know, the truth about who the federal government is, they're going to come out and find some way to stop you. It's a little bit of uh, good. There's that's a little bit of bad news, but there's a little bit of good news uh, as well. And the good news is Barry Cooper. Uh, the, he's had some good news. Mark, you got an email from him yesterday. I think it was sent out to his full uh, news release list. What was the uh, the gist of that? His, his kid's back, right? Yeah, that he's got his kid back and uh, life is good where where they are. And and you know they're 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 thankful for all the the support that people gave them and and that kind. Barry of. Cooper from NeverGetBusted dot com, who is the former law enforcement officer who has come out and uh, against the war on drugs and is doing everything he can now to undo some of the damage that he did as a law enforcement officer and of course as was as with Mark Emery who was against the war on drugs he was targeted Barry Cooper and his family has uh, have also been targeted for retaliation by the uh, the various different police departments down there in Texas uh, and where they live but I guess there's been some positive developments in his case that have gotten uh, Candy's son back in their home so that's a good thing and it was a very positive email from Barry 800-259-9231 you take control of the airwaves this is Free Talk Live This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free. That number is 1-800-259-9231. It's brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We will give you the features on uh, the site for free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include our... Uh, mobile site. If you've got a smartphone, you can go to m.freetalklive.com and you can get access, quick access to our streams as well as uh, podcasts. So head on over there if you've got the smartphone, m.freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? 
Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers who want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what their lawyer should be doing. It works for plaintiffs and defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. It was created by a 24-year case-winning veteran who wants to show people how to protect themselves against members of his profession. You can go get it at jurisdictionary.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Of course, we will take your calls about whatever you want if you dial in toll-free. And still to come here tonight, Sam, you're going to tell us some similarities between politicians and serial killers. We'll get to that. But first, Mark, you've got a story regarding tracking devices. Sometimes it's okay to be paranoid if they really are out to get you. <laughs> you know, you, they're watching me, man. It's, I had a guy call, just as an aside, I had a guy. We've got our Talkers uh, magazine ad uh, that we do to, to, in an attempt to reach out to talk radio stations. But there are a lot of people that read that magazine that are looking to like pitch their guest or pitch their book or something like that. So occasionally I'll get calls uh, from people like that. Actually, I get more calls from people like that than I get from radio stations. But nonetheless... Uh, this guy calls up today. He's uh, he's putting together a UFO documentary. It's the most ama- he's you know pitching it as like the most amazing footage. There's a UFO that's disappeared, and they've got the footage, and they've got this documentary. And and uh, yeah, I basically told him we don't really have guests on the show. Uh, I'll give you to Mark. He, you can buy some ads, though. We don't have a problem advertising uh, your your video, but uh, nonetheless, uh, I don't even know where the hell I was going with that. Well, Nick and on uh, the Free Minds Radio show this weekend had mm-hmm. somebody who claimed to like have all these alien encounters, and he he slapped one of them. Oh, he that's right, an alien. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. I remember where I was going with he it. Got in a fight or something. So the alien guy uh, was right. So uh, so I'm on the phone with this guy, and I'm wanting to get him in touch with you, Mark, to see if he's you know want to buy some ads. And so I start to give out uh, your email address. Go, oh no, I can't. I can't use email. The government will, you know, they'll uh, they'll <laughs> shut me down or something like that. Like they've been after him before, and so now he doesn't use the internet. He just uses snail mail, which of course is a government service too. But I didn't bring that up to him. I uh, just thought it was interesting. So sometimes they really are watching you. Whether they're watching the guy producing the UFO documentary, I don't know about that. But in this story, Mark, they absolutely were. Well, you can imagine why the government want to want to keep that alien stuff, their alien masters, a secret. So anyway, um, this is from Wired.com. It's uh, sp- caught spying on a student. The FBI demands its GPS tracker back. A California <laughs> student got a visit from the FBI this week after he found a secret GPS tracking device on his car. And a friend posted photos of it online. Now, I'd seen that part. Uh, I would only saw this story when the first photos came out of the device. It's huge. Yeah, it's, it's good size. It looks like, uh, it really, it looks like a uh, one of those uh, constru- uh, the, 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 uh, the strips, the plug-in strips. What do you call the power strips? Yeah, yeah okay. it looks like Plus, that holds maybe four D-cell batteries. Yeah, a walkie-talkie or something in there. It's, yeah. it's, it's rather large mm-hmm. I and mean, it's not it's not a discreet little device like spider-man would put on the back of a vehicle to track it or like you might see the government people in movies using yeah nothing like that you can't just walk by and put this thing on and uh, keep keep mosey and this is going to require uh this is going to require a mechanic or something to put in i don't know i'm sure no, they had that in magnets adhesive. yeah magnets or adhesive or something like that Yeah, something like that i suppose anyway the uh the post prompted wide speculation about whether the device was real whether the young Arab American was being targeted in a a terrorism investigation and what the authorities would do. It took just 48 hours to find out. The vice was real. The student was being secretly tracked by the FBI, and it wanted its expensive device back. 
The student told Wired.com in an interview yesterday, their Wednesday, uh, this is, uh, let me give the, the date on this, it's not uh, brand new, mm-hmm. October the 7th, so it's a few days old. The answer came when a half dozen <laughs> FBI agents, one half dozen, and police wow. officers appeared at uh, Yasser Afifi's apartment complex in Santa Clara, California on Tuesday demanding he return the device. <laughs> Afifi, a... 20-year-old U.S.-born citizen cooperated willingly and said he'd done nothing to merit the attention from the authorities. Comments, uh, comments the agents made during the visit suggested he'd been under FBI surveillance for three to six months. All it, because... Because of his dad. Like his, his dad, dad is, is a person of interest. Gotcha. The FBI, so, which means that he's done nothing but right. be related to a guy that they have uh, some interest in. An FBI spokesman, uh, spokesman wouldn't acknowledge the device belonged to the agency or the agency <laughs> appeared at Afifi's house. I really can't tell you much about it because it's still an ongoing investigation. They only let you have the information several decades after they've screwed up and acted yeah. like asses. Um, and then at that point, most people have retired or are dead and you can't do anything about it. But you find out so many of these cases along. I mean, uh, the United States government's now apologizing for infecting with syphilis and gonorrhea the citizens of, uh, what, Honduras or Guatemala. Guatemala? Right, after 60 years. Right. We're not going to get some justice there? Of course you're not going to get any justice there because the government keeps these things a secret. Oh, I wish this guy, this uh, young man, had recorded his interaction with the uh, the federal agents. Flip that. That would have been great. Pull out your Quick.com active uh, smartphone and just start broadcasting live as these scumbags come up to you and your front door with a, literally a gang of men in an attempt to intimidate you into giving their tracking device back. Hey, you gave it to me. <laughs> Finders keepers, pal. You put this on my car. Yeah, well, I, I can tell you that if you start screwing with the FBI, life is going to really stink. I'm not saying I wouldn't love to see that video. I sure would. But you can understand why this young man doesn't want to be, uh, you know, the the hero. He doesn't want to. That doesn't. So want to he die gave it back. Particular... So they came to his front door and he just handed it over. Huh? Let me read it to you. And it says right here. Um, yes, that's that much is true. Afifi, the son of an Islamic American community leader who died a year ago in Egypt, is one of only a few people who known to have found government tracking devices on their vehicle. He discovered some in the wake. Uh, his discovery comes in the wake of a recent ruling by the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals saying it's legal for law enforcement to secretly place a tracking device on a suspect's car without getting a warrant, even if the car is parked in a private driveway. Mm-hmm. How can they justify that with the Fourth Amendment? Can I read just just for the people? They don't have to. I, I know. I know they don't care <laughs> about it. But let me let me just read it for people because. The, the sooner you figure out that these people don't follow their laws, they don't follow the highest law in the land, mm-hmm. and that they have their little judges there that, uh, that, that go ahead and say, it's okay. Remember, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals said that it's okay to place a tra- for the government to place a tracking device on your car while it's in your driveway. And it says this, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. Unreasonable. It's clearly reasonable. Yeah, it's obviously reasonable for them to put a tracking device in your car. It's reasonable no for biggie. them to do whatever they want. They have they have reasons. <laughs> that's all right? you need. It's true. I mean, that's, National that's, security. That's it. The government necessity. All they have to do is say it's necessary. Government secrets. They've got all kinds of excuses and reasons for them to invade your privacy. Uh, Brian Asleth from the American Civil Liberties Union in Washington State contacted Afifi after seeing pictures of the tracking device posted online and told him the ACLU had been waiting for a case like this to challenge the ruling. Mm. 
This is the kind of thing that we throw lawyers at, Afifi said, uh, Asleth told him. It seems very frightening that the FBI have placed a surveillance tracking device on the car of a 20-year-old American citizen who has done nothing more than being half Egyptian. Mm. And his dad's dead. Yeah. A business marketing student at Mission College in uh, Santa Clara discovered the device last Sunday when he took his car to a local garage for an oil oil change. Mm. When a mechanic at Ali's uh, Auto Care, these people stick together, Mm -hmm. uh, raised his uh, Ford Lincoln LS. Only driven by gangsters um, on hydraulic lifts. A Fifi saw. Uh, That's a good mechanic, man. I want to have a mechanic that'll you know enlighten me as to any weird devices they f- he finds on my car. I wish he would have taken stuck it to a eighteen wheeler in a in a gas station truck lot and just let him track that, buddy. <laughs> That'd be awesome. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond... TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You will enjoy the features on the site free, so head over there and enjoy those on us. In fact, if you want to, you can support the show. Maybe you like the fact that we give you the website features free. Well, you can always become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more internet listeners on board as well. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. You'll get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum, as well as the podcast that's specially for amplifiers over at amp.freetalklive.com. Totasac, it's a retail grocery bag carrier. It handles more than you can. Uh, you can. It's now available for fundraisers, small independent resellers of general merchandise, or just people who want to have this really convenient little device in their lives. Go to totasac.us uh, on the internet uh, and uh, send them an email if you want to get involved, or you can purchase a family pack right there of six online. It's the original green thing that's been available since 1997. It's uh, put out by Game Engineering, totasac.us. That's a great product. In fact, we're going to give you a chance to win a pair a pair of totasacs coming up here uh, tonight, maybe sooner rather than later. We'll give you the number at the time that uh, you'll need. It's a special number. It's not the regular call-in line. So uh, Yeah, don't start calling the, the call-in line. That won't yeah, be any not, good. Not the toll-free number. Uh, so we will uh, give that to you here in a moment. All right, 800-259-9231 is the number that you can get in touch with us uh, if you want to talk about something. And joining you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam's here with us from ObscuredTruth.com. Now, before I get into another tracking-related story, uh, ObscuredTruth.com, Sam, you've been uh, b- busy with the the kidnapped baby story. And that's been fairly controversial. It's, it's hit nationwide, if not international, uh, news up here in New Hampshire there was a couple uh, just uh, last week that had their baby stolen from their arms by these government goons who are accusing them of 
Well, I don't know. Uh, they, they, they're accusing them of being involved with the Oath Keepers, one of them uh, being involved with this, this group that is uh, opposed to violence and in favor of peaceful uh, non-cooperation. Right. Yeah, and well, calling they, them a militia? Exactly. They labeled Oath Keepers a militia, cited this as, as one of several reasons for wanting to take the guy's child, as well as uh, the fact that he owns guns. But, you know, none of these things really relate to what's at hand. You know, is this child in danger? And there is... Uh, there's one allegation of abuse. It's 22 months old. They never filed charges on it, and they just suspect that this guy is the one who did it. And so, you know, some people are trying to skew it, but it's there, there's just really no justification. And it sets a precedent to let these bureaucrats come in and say, well, if you're part of this militia, then right. we can take your kids. You know, and it's it's if you're abusing kids, then that's a reason to take kids, right? right? But if you're a member of Oath Keepers, it's not. And their little uh, memorandum or whatever that piece of paper is that they hand down shouldn't mention your political affiliations at all but the allegation isn't just that the allegation as the people who support the government would say and there's been a lengthy thread about this on the video as you posted over at freekeen.com uh with people who basically support whatever the government does without question and uh other people that just kind of support the government by default because they figure, well, the government must know. I mean, they've they've they're they've got investigators. They're experts, and, after all. Yeah. So uh, so we should trust it's, what the government. We people should trust say. what a bunch of pe- bunch of bureaucrats who have no responsibility for their actions say, and who get paid based on uh, you know the kids that they have in the system. Sure, you wouldn't want a system that's not doing anything to uh, protect kids, right? Right. So uh, so some of their allegations, and you having interviewed the the couple, that's what your videos are. You can see them over at obscuredtruth.com, also up at freekeen.com. You can see these interviews. Uh, the allegations are that uh, the female of the couple had two of her kids taken from her already, so therefore she's obviously abusive. Right. And, uh, of course, the mainstream media comes out and reports this story as a bomb scare. I know you guys talked about that earlier last week on the show. It's just It's so outrageous the way the system really sort of takes the, the side of the government and supports it and backs it up and sort of tries to... Uh, mold people's thinking into what they should believe, and it's it's not always the case. Well, tell me, though, I mean, do you think that – it seems to me that all that I've heard so far from the side of the people that are trying to justify this kidnapping, and that's what it is, mm-hmm. uh, is that – well, there are allegations that she's that she was abusive or that he was abusive. And the fact that the government has taken two kids from them already or from her uh, because he wasn't the father of the first two that were right. taken. The fact that they've taken two kids already isn't proof of anything. As we can see, the government people can take kids without having to to make anything as far as proof. They can just come in with allegations, take your kids from you, and then good luck to you to get them back. So I don't accept that. Just you know, to point to the government and say, well, they should be able to take this third kid because they've already taken two kids doesn't show me anything about why the first two were taken or why that was somehow justified. I haven't I heard haven't, anything about that. I haven't been able to ascertain is, did, a, did, did they go through some kind of court case to take these other two kids or are they just allegations made by the Child Protective Services? I don't know. They're not saying know. the government people, as I understand it, aren't revealing right. the details. The, they don't tell you these things. And so here we are. Uh, it's supposed to be a government by the people, for the people, of the people, and all that nonsense. And then we're supposed to make informed decisions on a government that does not, refuses to comment on ongoing investigations. How am I supposed to have an opinion as the head of the government? That's me, right? I'm in charge here. I don't believe any of this crap, but that's what the idea is. How am I supposed to make an informed decision on how my employees are working? 
Just trust us, Mark. Just trust us. Yeah. My, what other boss would just trust employees without any kind of check and balance at any point or another? And it's so frustrating because when you get into these family issues, there, especially if there's divorce or multiple uh, people involved that have that have broken up and, and parted ways, it's never like a clean, clear-cut case. I mean, those are very, very rare. And so it's so easy for the government to step into that and just start skewing it and, and demonizing people and making it look awful. But every time I do, I even come close to touching a story about kids being taken by CPS or DYFS, you know, whatever they are here, I just get flooded with all kinds of other people. A, a guy wrote me and said he had seven kids taken from him mm-hmm. in a similar situation that was even worse than this case. And please help me. They all they all want help because they're ju- there's just such injustice going on when it comes to what the government is doing with people's children. It's huge. And we look at the studies of how they're abused and, and so how frustrating. awful these foster homes are. And it's so frustrating when people are asking for help because what are we supposed what can to I do? do? Right. I, I would, I'm ready to stop paying property taxes taxes, but nobody else is. So what else am I supposed to do? I'm willing to defund these people, but nobody else is. So am I supposed to be the first person and then just kind of hope that everybody else jumps on board? Most people people haven't paid off their home, so they can't stop paying the property taxes because the mortgage company will come and take their home from them. So what else can we do? Whip out a magic legal wand that will force uh, the Department of Children's and Services uh, to to the, the government to somehow, you know, give back their kids. Hey, look, this is the enemy, people. They're not going to be your friends. You can't somehow use the government against the government. I, I know it's been done before, I but mean, and how popular, it's not common. I suppose there's a political solution, perhaps, of abolishing the DCYF, but how politically popular is that going to well, be? Nobody, no, I, I haven't heard anybody say that. I've read the, you know, p- people talking online about this a lot, and everybody says something to the effect of, look, we need the DCYF in order to do such and children, such, so and children. so. And, and I understand where they're coming from. There are absolutely people out there that are completely unqualified to have kids. However, my question is, is this organization, whose job it is to take kids from their parents, and that's what their job is, um, are they the best choice? Here's the other uh, complaint that they're uh, – one of the other allegations being leveled against this couple that had their baby stolen from them is that he, the man in the case – is has been abusive to her now she categorically denies that so just the but fact it's that, easy you know the, these it's easy to make allegations in that in those circumstances yeah. it's easy to say that about some yeah. some a couple in these circumstances and you know uh, it's it, it's also easy to, to target people who might be lower on the socioeconomic ladder they can't be able to they can't, can't hire lawyers lawyer. and you know i've seen these these poor folks on the um, the video and you know it's it's tough it, it's a tough circumstance they don't have um, they're, they're not standing Standing there in a, in a suit and tie with a guy with a briefcase and the wife with a bow in her hair, um, you know, talking uh, talking like they just walked out of Yale. They're not, and so it's it's easy for people to make these uh, you know wife beater kind of uh, comments. It's not fair. It's not nice. But the most amazing part of Sam's video is when the cops come up to this woman who is in the midst of having a, a very tearful, sad interview with Sam outside on the hospital, somewhere on the hospital grounds, the outskirts of the grounds of the hospital. The police come up and hand her a trespassing notice. Yeah. 
And they basically tell her that the hospital has told her that she cannot come back to the hospital unless it's for an emergency. That if she comes back to the hospital for any non-emergency reason, yeah. you she'll be arrested. You can't protest at the place that allowed your baby to be stolen from you. And knew about it. By the people it. who just gave you the, uh, the, the trespassing warning. They assisted in the, the stealing. They knew about it two days ahead of time. All the hospital staff. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. And if you want the Tota Sack, dial in at 603-435-1105. Second caller gets it, 603-435-1105 for the Tota Sack. Okay, here's the long and the short of it. If you name the worst politicians in America today, Nancy Pelosi is going to be on your top ten list. She's awful and she's powerful. There is a principled anti-war Republican running against her, however, and his name is John Dennis. He's already beaten the establishment Republican in the primary, but he's going to need all of the financing he can get to bring down the political juggernaut that is Nancy Pelosi. He can do it, but only with your help. I've donated to John Dennis's campaign, and I would like to encourage you to also. Now is the time. Nancy Pelosi is politically vulnerable, and it's unlikely that we're going to get another candidate like John Dennis. He's the only type of Republican that can win in San Francisco. In my opinion, he is as, if not more, principled than Ron Paul. Go to johndennis2010.com and donate today. johndennis2010.com. He is Hope for America. This ad paid for by John Dennis for Congress 2010. JohnDennis2010.com. I'm John Dennis, and I approve this ad. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Main feature of the site actually allows you to control the content. In fact, a lot of the stuff you'll hear us talk about on the air, we're just pulling right off the front page of freetalklive.com because our listeners have uh, done us the favor of taking the time to uh, to input their suggestions into the website so as you're surfing around the web if you come across a blog post or a news article or maybe a youtube video that you really think is pretty interesting you think our listeners would enjoy it you just submit it to the website and then other listeners will see it and vote as to whether or not they think it's a good suggestion or not and uh, the most voted up will make it within a certain period of time the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com, and you can use our handy bookmarklet to make things even easier. Go to freetalklive.com to get the details as we go to your phone calls about what you want. David is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, David. David in New Hampshire. Going once. David is gone. 800-259-9231. So I mentioned tracking devices because we talked about the story last hour where the young uh, college-age gentleman found an FBI-placed tracking device on his car. Apparently because he's from Egypt, they decided they were going to uh, track him about. And he found it. They they demanded – uh, they brought a gang of their thugs down to his uh, his apartment and demanded that he give the device back, which he did because they're scary and you never know what they might do. Uh, so I don't I don't blame him for uh, for doing that, but it sure would have been interesting had he recorded the uh, the encounter. Uh, and the tracking doesn't just start when you're 20 year, years old. These days they're starting to track you 
well, pretty much at the elementary level or at the middle school level. They're, they're getting tracking devices out there as early as they can possibly get away with. According to Cron.com, it's the Houston Chronicle, radio frequency identification, the same technology used to monitor cattle, and I think that's a pretty... Uh, revealing statement. I'm glad they included it in this uh, mainstream news story. Is tracking students in the spring in Santa Fe school districts. Identification badges for some students in both school districts now include tracking devices that allow campus administrators to keep tabs on students' whereabouts on campus. School leaders say the devices improve security and increase attendance rates. It's a wonderful asset, said Veronica <laughs> Vigil, principal of Bailey Middle School in What else Spring. would she say, right? One of the campuses that introduced the high-tech badges this fall. But some parents and privacy advocates question whether the technology could have unintended consequences. The tags remind them of George Orwell's big brother, and they worry that hackers could figure a way to track students after they leave the school. Easily. Identity theft and stalking could become serious concerns, some said. Dottie Griffith, the public education director for the ACLU of Texas, says there are real questions about the security risks involved with these gadgets. Readers can skim information. To the best of my knowledge, these things are not foolproof. We constantly see cases where people are skimming, hacking, and stealing identities from more sophisticated systems. And it's my understanding these RFID uh, chips are available to anybody with a reader. Right. You know, it makes you wonder, uh, you know, they're always scared to death that somebody who's not shouldn't be on a school campus is getting on there because they might be carrying a machine gun or condoms or God knows what else that they're uh, spreading a virulent disease to the uh, the inmates, uh, whatever it is that they're they're doing. What happens if you can uh, scan the ID of a student? And then you can create your own, and then knock the student off, and then take them, uh, take their, their, you know, the, the, take their identity, walk into the school, and then blow it up or something. I mean, aren't they I just? Suppose you could. Well, isn't that? Aren't they creating the problems they're trying to prevent? Maybe if you looked like you were 11 years old, you might be to be able to. High school that people can pass for high school students. High school maybe. Okay. There's a there's a news report out there of someone doing almost exactly that, where this was one of the state representatives or something who was going into their secure facility with their RFID uh, ID card. Mm-hmm. And all it was is a guy with a an antenna that was basically sending out the signal to get the RFID number back. Uh, and he had a laptop, which he was actually holding it out for the demonstration, but that could be in a backpack or something. I mean, mm-hmm. this is easy to conceal. And it pretty much read the number. He turned it into a, a card and then walked right in the building. And that was the end of their security. Now, (laughs) let's take it a step further than that, because it's been a while since we've talked RFID, but this is something I used to call in from about uh, when I was in Texas. They're talking about putting these in all kinds of products, whether it's your blue jeans, the tennis shoes that you wear, uh, Mm -hmm. sunglasses, as a means of inventory tracking. I mean, today it's really... It's brilliant. It's more for the container to, to track containers right. as they Right, so where around. they've got, uh, if you've got a pallet full of items, you can just zap it with the RFID scanner and it'll instantly tell Instant you the, the amount of inf- information there. It's an incredible s- system and I, I fully support that. The, the problem is the RFID tags don't get turned off when you leave the store. Mm-hmm. They're, they're still active. So what happens when that becomes more commonplace and these kids come in and the school's able to read, well, this is little Johnny because his ID card is one, two, three, but we've also picked up these five other tags when when he walks by as well from his clothing and so forth. 
And then if you take that out into the world, you can start building models of the clothes, the shoes, the hats and sunglasses and different accessories that people wear. If you buy something at a store and, and you know, that gets tied in, it starts to create a very real, very um, pervasive method of, of tracking profile. people. Yeah, of, of but down to an individual person and being able to identify that person, draw the links between them and their family members, people they may be giving gifts to. I mean, it just, it never ends. And this is kind of the, the government uh, wet dream, I guess, when it comes to tracking individuals. Yeah, you don't want the government tracking any of this stuff is really my opinion. They should, they, uh, you know, they have too much power to have this much information. Yeah, I definitely see uh, see where you're coming from. I think that putting these cards in the hands of the kids is is problematic, not just from a tracking perspective, so, but also from a, hey, kids, here's your school ID. Yeah. Make sure you carry it with you wherever All you go. All the time. And, uh, you know, just get, yeah, right, getting them acclimated to having this government ID and that it, it that you're a good citizen if you have your government ID. And if you don't have your government ID, then there could be you problems. You need to go to the principal's office. May, make sure that whenever the policeman, nice policeman, asks you for your identification, you always show it to him because that's that's what a good citizen does. You want to get the citizenship award, don't you? Uh, I think that's kind of a really po- problematic aspect of this as well. I find it hard to be concerned with Walmart knowing that I pu- purchased a, you know, a T-shirt and then having uh, J.C. Penney scan it when I come in their door and offer me a discount on. You well, know. and I'm not. Well, I don't no, want. No, uh, hold on, just a second. You think it's okay <laughs> for Walmart to go through your pockets when you come through the door without your permission? To go through my pockets. What yes. do you mean by that? Well, I, I, I don't know. Scan your pockets to see how much money you've got in there um, to, to see. Whether you, you know, the fact is that you that nobody has the right to go and, and yeah. search your person without your permission. Mm-hmm. And that's what these RFID chips allow people to do. It's um, and now if they put up a big sign that educates people on, look, you've got RFID chips all over yourself and we're going to scan them when you walk in our door. I think that that's fine if they do that. It's also going to scare away their customers because people understand what kind of invasive bullcrap this is. But no, it's not okay to scan the RFID chips that happen to be on my Argyle socks. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Well, it doesn't have to bother you, dude. Does it bother you if I go through your pockets right now? That's not the same thing. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's searching your person papers and effects. But Walmart isn't going to hold me liable. They're not going to arrest me for anything. It doesn't I mean, matter. Who knows what they're going to do? It's none of their business. They're going to business. try to sell me something. It's and that's none all. of no, no. their business. There's, there, anybody can set up one of these readers to sort of just take down RFID tags and, and right. tag them with a date and time. They can also take my picture if I'm out in public, too. And yeah. then they can see that I'm wearing, you know, Jokely sunglasses or whatever. Well, the Jokely's But you can cover your face yeah. if you want, or you can wear a hat and sunglasses mm-hmm. if you want some level of an Im- an, you should anonymity. know if you're being searched. You can't get that with the RFIDs. And then these these guys, whoever starts setting up scanners in public places or whatever, whether it's the government or some a private organization, they become huge information brokers. And, you know, you can start to build some pretty complex models from that. I can see that'd be a problem if they're getting something like a credit card number or whatever, but to know that somebody's, wearing, to know that somebody's walking down the street wearing a pair of Adidas uh, you know, sh- shoes, I don't really see what the, the fear factor that's is Just that. That's just the very surface of it, the, the kind of shoes you're wearing. I mean, once they can put together, they're going to put together consumer profiles, and those profiles are going to get Guess more what? They and already more complicated. Are. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. If you don't want to be profiled, use cash. It's Free Talk Live. Thank you. 
is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And uh, some of those features include archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, you can click and download the last week's worth on the front page, and then you click into the archive section, and you'll go all the way back to late 2006, all free to you at uh, freetalklive.com. Uh, so head on over there and enjoy those on us. In fact, the Free Talk Live archives were brought to you by uh, the Free Talk Live archives are brought to you by HostGator, uh, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. Mark, uh, what is uh, HostGator? HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates, and they have thousands of templates. doesn't matter whether you're on a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website. They host uh, WordPress over there, everything you could want. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com. Use that portal that we've created. Get your first month completely free, hostgator.freetalklive.com. So we'll uh, get to your calls here in just a moment. Just want to continue with some more thoughts on the tracking device. The story about the schools in Houston area that have implemented tracking cards, identification cards, for their students that they're requiring them to wear. Uh, They're giving all kinds of reasons why they just think this is wonderful. I think there are some problems, but it led into a conversation about the uh, companies that are using RFID tags, these little tags that essentially respond when pinged. You can send out some sort of RF ping to them, radio frequency ping, and they come back and they bounce back identifying information about the, like, for instance, you're buying a, a package of film at the store and i guess people don't do that anymore polaroid film maybe they still do that uh if you're buying a, a package of film it'll b- bounce back this is polaroid it's model, model number xyz and whatever other information they want to uh, program on there and anybody can buy these scanner devices and it's my understanding the rfid chips are generally not encrypted in any way shape or form so you can you can get all this information it's out in the open the chips are, are being used for uh, for the purposes of inventory at places like Walmart and making it really, uh, you know, really kind of revolutionizing the back warehouse side of the uh, these stores and sure, making it easier people. for people to, uh, you know, it, it makes it easier for them to inventory. Therefore, that runs down their costs. It makes uh, the the overhead cheaper and it, and it brings better quality service to everyone. So I guess, uh, you know, I can understand where you're coming from, Mark, where you're saying that you don't want to be searched when you come in somewhere to shop. And and that makes sense. Uh, I don't blame you for that. What you're suggesting is that, you know, these stores are going to scan you when you come in and try to build a profile on you. They want that profile information. That's why they have these customer loyalty cards and all these things. I mean, you can believe if they're using these RFID chips and they've got them on every product and these things don't need their own power source, but they just create power from being zapped somehow and i don't really understand how that entirely works i don't need to understand that if that's the case that um that i don't know that there's rfid chips in my stuff Mm -hmm. and i'm uneducated on that and i think a lot of people people would be um that if they just go ahead and read this stuff that that is tantamount 
to frisking me at the door without my consent and honestly without my knowledge. Now, obviously, you can't draw, draw a good parallel to a, a body cavity search without your knowledge. I mean, the, the, the worst part about a body cavity ser- search is the fact that you have uh, that you have the knowledge that it occurred. But, you know, I just I think can see where you're coming from. Like if, you know, they searched what was in your pockets, clearly you're trying to conceal that information or somehow were able to ascertain how much money you had. That would be pretty invasive. But to just profile you based on what you're wearing, I but don't really see what the big deal to, is. How are they going to take away the, the information of the stuff that's in my pockets? I mean, you know, it's one thing if it says that I'm wearing white Adidas shoes. I agree with you. I am, you know, supposedly wearing white Adidas shoes and somebody can see that. But what if I've got, uh, you know, what if I've got a Glock on my ankle? What if I've got, um, you know, a, a knife in my waistband? What if I've, uh, you know, what all kinds of what ifs? What if I've got my medication Prescription in medicine, there? Yeah. Um, you know, all kinds of private things. What if I've got my mm-hmm. colostomy bag? It's not like I want people to know that I can't hold my water. You know, yeah. I mean, this is this is is the not the kind of information that they should be able to get and i don't some people don't care some people live their lives right out in the open and it doesn't matter to them all i'm saying is that it is wrong to search someone without their consent and their knowledge and mm-hmm. there should be a sign and once there is a sign people will get active people will stand outside of walmart with a sign that says be prepared to be electronically frisked and some people will ask them, What's, what are you talking about? And they'll lose customers as a result, and then they'll stop doing it. And look, your, fine. your inventory tracking methods are fine with me. Do whatever you want to do in your store. But when I take your products home, don't send your inventory tracking system out with me. And Mark, you're right. The, the way RFID works, it has no power. You send a carrier wave. It reflects that back modulated with the number. So these things work for, I, I don't know if they, if they even wear out. I, um, you can smash them with a hammer. You can microwave them. That'll destroy the circuit. But they're there for a long, long time. And it's more than just knowing that you're wearing a certain pair of shoes or a certain brand or whatever. It's knowing where you are and being able to track you anywhere you go. And there, there's, you're only looking at it from the point of if there's a scanner at the door to the store or at the exit or, or maybe in the parking lot. But, you know, governments and corporations can put these things out anywhere and start tying this information together in huge data warehouses. We already have those kinds of capabilities, and it presents, it paints a very scary picture for a, a yeah, control I mean, I, grid. If, uh, if you want to protest something like that, at least with Walmart and all those folks, you can choose to not do business with them. Absolutely. And that, I and that may uh, decide, you know, in, may suggest to them that they may, maybe need to uh, change the way they do these things. In fact, I'd be curious to find out how exactly these are being packaged, it would seem to me uh, more likely that rather than weaving an RFID chip into a T-shirt, that they would just simply include it in the tags uh, on the shirt. It would seem to me that uh, these are likely going to be, in, in the same way that the security devices, uh, that you know, having worked in retail, having seen and, and applied security devices to things, you know, the security devices are not put on critical components of the, uh, the product that are being sold. They're put on the box or inside the box. Typically, Things yes. that you're going to throw away uh, when you get the product home. I would agree with you that it would be pretty slimy to, uh, to you know, like weave these things directly into the products. Well, you know that they're they are RFID chips are now the size of like a grain of sand, or sm- yes, or right. smaller. Yeah. So I mean, these things are are minute, and eventually it would be very possible for them to just put it in the fabric or in the the label on the shirt. I right. mean, that's so not going to separate tort. from the package. You understand? 
Do you understand that this is a tort? If somebody goes through my pockets and search my person without my consent, they have violated my rights. And I don't care if I'm on their property, if they don't inform me that that's what they're going to do, this is a tort and they should be suable. That's all I'm saying. What would the damages be? My privacy. You would have to put some kind of quantification on that. I mean, it's not all about what uh, you know what what the harm is. There there are all kinds of punitive damages for somebody who's invasive. Maybe I mean, your privacy. Maybe the damages would be higher if you had the colostomy bag versus if somebody found out you were wearing Nike. Um, right. I, I would guess because one of them matters a little more to you, whereas if, the other one might if, not. If I stop you and frisk you um, and I don't harm you in any way, what's the damage? I'm not sure what the real relevance of that is. I'm just is. asking you the question. You wouldn't. You haven't been stopped. If I stop you, oh, right? You haven't. But what is the damage? Ten seconds of your time. Well, the the fact that you were forced against your will to to stop. You've been forced against my will. To, uh, you know, it's against my will for you to uh, go through my pockets, and that's force. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I don't know if I agree with you that that's force. More coming up. You take control. Bring up what you want. Your thoughts are welcome. This is Free Talk Live. So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? nhmove.info has articles, links, and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move. Even job listings. Browse the inventory of Liberty blogs, sites, and media, or promote your own efforts, all free, at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark nhmove.info. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us in freetalklive.com. The wiki is one of those features. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com. There are over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. If you're frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live and are tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life, well, if you knew thousands of liberty-minded people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you want to join them? I did, and you can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. So according to the story over at cron.com, they have given students, uh, 11-year-old students, so it sounds like 6th graders, these uh, tags, identification tags, they've got their uh, photograph on them, some sort of a barcode. There's also an RFID chip in there, and that basically makes it so they know where your kids are at any time. And while some parents might look at that and say, well, that's valuable, others are saying that this could be problematic. What if somebody tracks their kids after they leave school? Or what about just the whole idea of getting kids used to showing identification all the time whenever they're asked? If you're out in uh, in the halls of the school and somebody approaches you and they demand to see your badge, you have to show it or else you get in trouble. This is preparing uh, young people for growing up and, and dealing with the police where if on the street they ask to see your ID, they'll dutifully show it when they don't actually have to by the government's own, many cases, by the government's own rules. Training wheels for the police state. Just last month, another uh, – by the way, 
now we've talked about these sorts of uh, stories in the past. The ACLU brings up the case in 2005 where an elementary school in California was believed to be the first to introduce such badges. That program was dismantled due to parental concerns. So even with the government running a school, they'll st- there's still some level of uh, responsiveness to outraged parents. In this case, the canceled, they canceled the program. Uh, and also, just last month, another district in California used federal stimulus money to buy tags for preschool students, which also drew national attention and outrage. Yet the program has been quietly growing in the Houston area. The spring school system in the Houston area has been steadily expanding the system since 2008 in December. Uh, currently, about 35, excuse me, 13,500 of the district's 36,000 students have the upgraded badges, which are just slightly thicker than the average ID tag to allow for the special chip. Chip readers placed strategically on campuses and school buses can pick up where a student is or at least where they left their badge. The readers cannot track students once they leave school property, according to Christine Porter, the assistant These, superintendent. The readers at on school property cannot track students that are not on school property. Right. That correct. much is true. That's Any other true reader statement. can. Exactly. Any other reader. Right. Yeah. So this is an RFID t- chip, and it is uh, essentially, you know, you imagine it like a USB uh, you know, jump drive. Anything can work it. Any RFID reader can read an RFID chip. It doesn't have to be the one at school. So any RFID readers out there, whether it's in the and they're relatively cheap on the internet, you can you know people people can can track these kids. Some pedophile can uh, can roll around and say, hmm, I wonder where the young kids are with their little uh, RFID reader, and and I, I imagine they can find out the gender and the age of these uh, these kids relatively. They can find the flavor that they prefer relatively easily. But don't worry, it won't cost the taxpayers anything. Thank goodness. According to the story here, uh, the biggest benefit has been recovering attendance funding at the middle and high schools. Every day, the district uses the tracking system to check the whereabouts of students counted absent by classroom teachers. Oftentimes, the student is somewhere else on campus, allowing the district to recover $194,000 in state funding since December of 2008. Hold on, state funding? You said the taxpayer won't pay for it? Well, they're already they've already paid that money. No, the state, no, they won't. The state's already taken the, that the money. The state, I'm sorry, the state and the uh, uh, the municipalities, their budgets and their uh, collections don't necessarily have that much, you know, to do with each other. So they're they're making up deficits all the time. So yes, uh, when the state pays money out, the taxpayer pays it. Well, the state would probably do something else with that money, wouldn't you think? I mean, they already have that money. Not necessarily true. No. Sometimes they have to make up deficits. All right, so maybe you're right. Yeah. Uh, the technology, they claim it'll easily pay for itself and, uh, within about three years at the <laughs> right. secondary pay, schools. Pay. <laughs> right. So the uh, the local taxpayers won't have to cover it. They'll just have to cover it in their state taxes. Students have, uh, haven't have complained much about the new badges. Most are being... Because that won't do much good. ...used to uh, be electronically monitored. Their campuses have... Or, excuse me. Most are used to being electronically monitored. Their campuses have had surveillance cameras for years. Ja'Cory Jackson, an 11-year-old 6th grader at Bailey Middle School, says it feels like someone's watching you at all times. Classmate Cameron Jefferson admits that feeling a bit uh, that feels a bit awkward to know that adults can track her every movement on campus, but she understands the benefits. She says it makes you mindful knowing you could get caught if you do something wrong, she added. That's so good. In, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, those are the kind of values that we need to instill in children these days is a, a healthy fear of authority and knowing that you will be caught. That's Don't right. do anything wrong. Don't question anything we tell you. Just, you know, take your laptop that, that we can log into from the office and, and take, pictures, and take of pictures of you while you're in your bedroom and like it. 
Well, that's just it. They come in in you know little increments, right? So first it's the surveillance cameras, and oh well, don't worry, it's just to keep you safe from all the murderers that want to come on campus and uh, and kill you kids. So it's okay. And then they give you the safety badges, and then they give you you know whatever it is that comes next after this. Uh, and and so the kids are slowly acclimated to it. Plus, if you are brought into this as a young person, right. if you're it's normal in kindergarten, it's the way it's always been. So it's right. not like it's a big deal when these things happen right it's it's when the system's changed on a person that's when they're going to have the problem with something um and not when not when they're used to it not when they've grown up with it so without fanfare the santa fe school district followed springs lead and introduced the special id badges at their secondary schools this fall they received a few complaints you know uh, when they came out with the social security number they assured the public that this number would never be used for identification purposes that it was only for the social security administration we know how that turned out and people were obviously concerned about it if that if they gave that kind of assurance so what happened to those people's assurances? They they allowed the state to do the, the government to do that kind of uh, that kind of invasive thing with the assurances, and then they stepped beyond it. So now people are just used to their real name being their social security number. I, I mean, you know, your your real name isn't your name; it's your it's your number. So they can't deny a kid an education for refusing to use it, or at least not yet, according to the Texas Education... They can't deny a kid an education for refusing to get a vaccine, that uh, government-mandated vaccine. They do that, though. Yes, they can. Yeah. Uh, they can take disciplinary action, but they can't deny an education, which if you take enough disciplinary action against a kid, then they're suspended. So that pretty much denies them uh, the education. Oh, but it's not. But don't worry about it. The parents are all okay with this. Everything's fine. Nobody's complaining. There's nothing to be... Those people out in California, they don't know what they're talking about. Shh. Don't complain about this. Just pay your taxes and go along with whatever we say. You know, looking back on my uh, days as a a high school or or middle school student, having these ID tags would really have ruined a lot of my fun. Like, uh, I remember one time in particular in high school, I think I left uh, my tray on the table after I was done eating in the in the cafeteria, and they, like, put out an all-points bulletin uh, because <laughs> I'd left without doing whatever it was you have to do with the tray after you're done eating. I don't know, stack it somewhere. I barely remember that part of it, but uh, I, I knew that it was it, it uh, upset the, the government bureaucrats when, uh, when you would leave a tray on a table. So that was that's, good enough for you. That's why I did that. And uh, and I remember as I was leaving the cafeteria, walking by one of the aides that was uh, walking down one of the paths in the school and hearing over the radio, over the two-way, a description of me <laughs> as they were like trying to track me down. So after- they knew it was your tray? Yeah, somebody had seen me do it or okay. whatever, and uh, and so they were literally trying to uh, to track me down. So I went into the library and kind of hid out in there, and they didn't find me. But they would have found me with these darned ID tags. They sure would have. So, uh, yeah, we'll make things more orderly and people more obedient. I think that's a problem. 800-259-9231. We're going to continue here. Oh, I think people should put their trays back, but I, I don't think they should send their kids to public school, so I'm kind of on the horns of a dilemma. Mm, yeah, well, you know, maybe if they were nice, I would have put the tray back, right? Yeah, they don't have to do that. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. Still to come, similarities between politicians and serial killers. Sam will tell us about it. Your calls are next.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have there free for you. You can enjoy all those, and once you're done enjoying them, Head over and support our show by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You can learn how to get Free Talk Live. Help us get on more radio stations around the country and uh, get into more internet listeners' ears. Go to promote.freetalklive.com as we go to the phones and the fun. James is on the line in Texas. James, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Oh, wow. Great to hear you guys. Good to have you, James. What's on your mind tonight? Well, a couple of quick things on the RFID. Um, I'm I'm in Houston where that stuff's been going on. I'm oh, really yeah. getting tired of using my town as an experimentation place. Yeah, you guys are also uh, the same place where they're flying drones around in the skies, right? Yeah, they were. I don't know about now. Bad enough when I see the Apaches flying over to the base and I see G-Pods attached. That makes me nervous enough. Uh, let alone the rest of the, uh, the RFID thing, which that was news to me. I hadn't seen that. I'm going to have to look it up in the paper but the drones I well remember, and I've had friends who said they saw them flying over. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, my original topic was about something that Puke had brought up the other week, and I had tried to call, and I ended up not being able to get through for things that had nothing to do with you guys. You mentioned alien invasion films and how they were kind of the pro- next propaganda or whatever. Uh, he needs to look at the films he's talking about. In fact, he missed the propaganda one out of the, out of the two that he mentioned. One was called Monsters, and the other one was called Skyline. And there's a third one called Battle Los Angeles. And that's going to be the big, let's make the military look good film. Hmm. With all the big action pieces. Uh, Monsters and Skyline are very small, independently produced. And we were talking budgets under $5 million. Uh, probably in the case of Skyline, under, uh, probably under a million. Actually, and using new, they both had had access to high-end digital cameras. Skyline was was produced by a special effects house that had access to a new red digital camera, and they were able to get their stuff in really cheap. And Monsters was produced even cheaper because somebody gave them a camera to use. Okay, and it was shot in central Mexico. And Monsters, you could actually see now; it's it's available for rent off of Netflix, oddly enough. Hmm. So what are you getting at with the, uh, I mean, you're suggesting the third film, which was called what, is going to be propaganda? It's called Battle Los Angeles. That's going to be the propaganda one a la Independence Day. So um, do you want to tell me more? I mean, what else else should we know about Uh, it? They're keeping this one really tight under wraps. They they mention there's a lot of bad action sec pieces. Uh, They haven't even let footage leak of this thing, except for maybe 10 seconds at San Diego. And they're not even letting plot details out. They are keeping this one very tight. Uh, I mean, Hollywood and security and plot lines, it's nothing new. Well, of course, for folks that don't know, if you want to involve the U.S. military in uh, producing a movie, and if you want the the jets and you want the the tanks and you want the vehicles and you want all the real deal stuff, that's the way you have to do it unless you have connections to the, the people that have you know, off-market, uh, older tanks that they might have bought for fun or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but I mean, you just, it just doesn't look uh, legit. Prop houses. I mean, if you've got yourself an old sort. Sherman, yeah. uh, you're trying to do a modern-day film, that doesn't make any In sense. In which case, then you have to submit the uh, the, the script to right. the military. The, the military is Absolutely. not going to let you use tanks and, and airplanes in order to make them 
them look bad. Right. Yeah, that's that's actually very correct. And you got special effects houses. It's kind of you got special places that rent all that stuff, and it goes way. You know, you name it, somebody's got it for rental. Uh, even the MythBusters showed that in an episode about trying to rip a phone book in half, where they went to a uh, to a company. That's all they have are takes dating back to like World War One that are operational. Right. So yeah. You okay? So you're saying, you're saying you're saying you can you can pay to rent these things, or you can go to the military, and then the taxpayers will pay for it for you. So the, the, uh, the yeah, basically, if it's if it's if it's something from a, a place like what the MythBusters went to. You, you pay to rent it. There's no military involvement. But you are right about the whole script approval business and mm-hmm. everything else there. That's absolutely correct. Uh, they, and you have to have the military look good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Otherwise, they won't say yes. Um, you know, which, if it were a private organization, that uh, that would certainly make sense. And, uh, oh, yeah, I agree with you. And th- that the incentive is for the producers to go to the military because they don't have to pay, right? I mean, they don't have to, uh, to pony uh-huh. up for the military equipment. As long as their script is going to glorify the military, the military will get the taxpayers on the hook, and then they'll have to pay for it. Otherwise, if you want to critique the military, it's going to cost you more to make your movie because you've got to mm-hmm. rent the equipment from the rental houses. Oh, absolutely correct. I would take a look at Independence Day on that one uh, from a few years back. James, anything else you want to share with us tonight? No, I think that's about it, really. Uh, on the RFID, I'm going to have to look a little further about the school that's doing this. It just sounds horrific to me. Uh, with this kind of, I have to side sort of with Mark on that one a little bit. Uh, it's it's intruding far too much. Uh, you know, it, it's one of the things that it's for the children, as you brought up yourself. Um, yep. But really, it, it just seems like a real slippery slope to me. Oh, I absolutely agree with you there. Thank you, James. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one unscreened call on the amp lines. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. My name's Robert, and I'm from Louisiana. Hey, Robert, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was going to tell y'all, uh, I've been listening to y'all for about two and a half months now. Excellent, sir. And I finally figured that um, I needed to go ahead and pay for what I really love and enjoy, <laughs> so I did up last night. Fantastic. Thank you for uh, for doing that. I'm glad you're on board. Uh, what did you want to share tonight? Well, I was just uh, going to share that I really enjoy y'all's show. You know, y'all... Y'all put out a dynamite show. And also, back when I was in high school, I graduated in 86. Mm-hmm. They tried to give us uh, little uh, deals, uh, what do you call, a school ID. Mm, right. Yeah, I had those. But, but uh, that, my 12th grade year, that's the first year they tried to do that down here in Louisiana. And how did that go? Everybody just accepted it, no problem, right? No, our senior class wouldn't take it. The rest of the really? classes did, but our senior class wouldn't do it. Why not? What were their reasons for not taking the um, these IDs? Well, we just figured we'd been in school long enough. If they don't know who we are, you their, know, they don't need to know. Yeah, it's their last year. They're getting out, so I screw see. it. Hmm. Yep, that's it. Well, yeah, and if enough people said screw it, then there'd be nothing that could be done. But of course, most the juniors took it, and they, you know, they, and yeah. see with these RFID tags and knowing the mentality of kids when you throw them all, segregate them out by age, and put them in these forced camps, learning camps, uh, the bullies are going to go around and steal kids, steal somebody's ID, go do something bad with it, mm. and then bring it back, and yeah. they're going to get blamed. Well, oh, it great says point. right here. 
Yeah, you know, so and so is the one that broke into the locker bay or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Sounds sounds exactly right. Mm. Well, then they'll just have to start putting them in people's hands, uh, Sam. Then yeah. that will stop <laughs> Great. that. Great. <right? laughs> Little RFID suppositories. No problem with that at all. Oh, thank you, Robert. Uh, anything else you want to uh, mention tonight? No, sir. That's it. Y'all right. have a good night, and I really enjoyed the show. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. At eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But isn't that exactly what they'll do? They'll they'll use the shenanigans yeah. that the kids will come up with as an excuse. Well, we thought these would be a good idea, and you know, from some ex- from you know, they were a good idea, but now we just need to take it to the next level. And it's just a little prick. We're just going to insert it into your you know your child's hand. And then they won't be able to have their ID stolen. I don't anymore. think that's going to go anywhere. No, I think they would go with cameras if if that's the problem that they want to address. Well, we just need to put cameras everywhere in the school, and that would be you their don't think solution. Go, you don't think it'll go that far? Mark? I don't think with the with the whole revelations number of the beast thing, people are not going to go for with having uh, anything for one put in their hand or their forehead. I can assure you of that. Um, and they're just, I, I just don't think they'll go for the implant. But the, the fact is they don't need to because they have uh, face recognition technology. If you get uh, high enough high enough quality cameras, you can just watch somebody on the, the camera, the computer can watch somebody walking down a hallway or out in public or whatever, measure the, uh, the distances between their eyes, between their nose, mouth, ears, and they can do a profile on that person. And it's just as good as having the chip in their hand. If, if you're talking about a, a limited number of people, you're talking about 1,500 people in a, in a school, student body. That's absolutely true. And they're going to be taking their picture for the student ID, which they always do. So they're going to be within the first couple of weeks of school. They're going to have that nice student picture where you're there going, Ugh. and uh, they, they take your picture and they'll have all those distances measured. I think you're wrong, Mark. I think that you, I think that in this like today, if they tried to do the implant, it wouldn't fly, right? I mean, they're having a tough time with the ID cards, but over time, they're going to be able to rationalize it. They're going to say, look, we're going to be able to know where your kids are. It's going to help keep them safe. And who, what parent doesn't want to keep their kids safe? So they're going right. to accept those uh, those ID cards. They're then going to reveal the problems inherent in that, uh, that system with the kids' cards getting lost or stolen, the shenanigans that will happen, and they'll say, look... I'm sorry, but we've got to change this new system where you get this little implant. It's okay. It doesn't hurt. It's very it's very easy to do, and it'll keep your kids trackable for the entire time they're in the government schools. And uh, don't worry about it, parents. It's not a big deal. In fact, you'll have to get one if you want to send your kids to our schools. You can trust about. us. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. As always, you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there, and we invite you to use them for free. freetalklive.com. Head on over there and enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts... 
They want to charge you for their websites, and I bet you we've got more for free than they even charge you for. See for yourself. FreeTalkLive.com. Joining you in studio tonight, it is Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Coming up, Sam's going to share with us similarities between politicians and killers. Serial killers. Serial killers. Uh, So we'll get to that. But first, your phone calls about what you want. Johnson is on the line on the amp lines in Connecticut. Hello, Johnson. Hey, I wanted to call in about RFIDs. And the reason why I'm calling in is because you guys sound completely loony to me tonight. (laughs) What do you mean? Um, Uh, Well, first of all, because I'm a supporter of RFID for the for the the practical purposes of what RFIDs are good for, and that is tracking inventory and products. In other words, I know you guys mentioned that you you know people want to see these in shoes and jeans and and all these things, and oh my god, but. The reason why that is is because then you could have, like, say, a grocery cart full of stuff, and you take it up to the counter, and the the reader can then read those, uh, you know, all your items in your cart and tell you what you have there. Yeah, I love it. I mean, didn't you hear me supporting the uh, inventory? How many things that you buy at grocery stores don't have packaging, Johnson? Uh, Don't have what? Packaging. Uh, I think your question is. Well, it wouldn't work with the bananas. It wouldn't work work with with the the cabbage. Um, It wouldn't work with uh, certain things. But most things have packaging. Your bananas don't have a sticker on them. You know how big an RFID is? It's the size of a grain of rice. Dude, take a sticker, slap a sticker over it, and slap that sticker on whatever it is. Then it works for. (laughs) Then it works for everything. So uh, I don't have a problem with you sticking uh, uh, RFIDs in packaging. What I have a problem with is people putting RFID in products and then doing virtual frisks, uh, uh, you know, friskings at the door. Uh, for you know who's coming through and what's their customer profile without people's knowledge or consent. Well, here's the the, the deal with that is that okay at a door sure maybe but the average RFID the distance to read an RFID is three inches. Um, depends the on the antenna record, and and it depends on the reader but you can read them fifteen the to thirty feet away. Feet. Yeah. No, the, the world record. Is 25 feet, and let me tell you, that was probably using enough energy to make your freaking filling spark, um, because the energy for the radio signal um, it, it halves over distance. So it's actually right. because these things are so small, it's physically impossible to read them from a distance. Well, most as doors. A, wait, as Johnson. A human being tracking. As a human being tracking tool, RFIDs are terrible. Terrible. They Johnson, can make much better. If you um, want, if you want to track people coming into your store, then the distance uh, through the center of the automatic door will be what six feet, seven feet tops. So you're talking about a reader that would be, um, it would be three, you know, probably actually the average doorway is only three feet wide. So if you're coming through, uh, like no, no, it I'm would talking be about commercial. Double, I'm talking about double doors, and you're talking about commercial right, stuff. But okay, even if it's a double door, they're coming through the middle of the door. So again, it would still you put one reader on each side. Right, I'm talking about the distance. So I was cutting it in half. I hadn't gotten that far. Um, so that yeah. you know, then you're talking about these two things on either side, and I imagine they can get a little more powerful there because they have two of them working together and like magic electronic synergy. And one and, on the top as and, well. And you're, you're so th- I think that you could probably safely say that they can read whatever RFID chips c- walk through your average door. Okay. They can also have cameras on every door, and they already do. So what I'm saying is this is a phenomenally inefficient way to track things. Have you guys ever no, heard of No, no, it's not, because somebody has have to... Have you ever heard of an application called Google Goggles? No. no. I have it on my oh. phone. Yeah. 
It's fantastic. I have it on my phone as well. You can take a picture of something. It scans the picture and it searches for whatever you just took a picture of. Neat. Um, and it searches lots of different things. And as a search method, that seems to me to be a lot more efficient than trying to get a chip on everything. Um, and then reading that chip and reading the specific data and then, you know, people can replace the chips. And here's the other thing. It's a radio frequency identification chip. It's really easy to defeat that. There's a scientist, a physicist, who is very well known for uh, his study of radio waves called Michael Faraday. And <laughs> you can walk around in a, in a Faraday, Faraday cage. cage? Oh, come on. <laughs> Who's Actually, sounding crazy now? Cage. Guys, I have a Faraday cage for my passport. Look, uh, Johnson, little, it doesn't matter. Nobody's... Johnson, hold on. Nobody is uh, out there pushing to put these in the products, and, and consumers are, for the most part, blissfully unaware that they're there in the first place. What we're talking well, about is, is companies like Walmart or whoever else out there pushing the manufacturers to put it in their products in order to sell it in their stores, and then they're going to stay there. The The biggest problem I have with RFID, I love it for all their inventory tracking and everything else, but turn it off when I leave. Don't let me leave with your tracking bits still in my products that I've supposedly bought. Well, okay, let me ask you this. Did you know that uh, all United States passports now have an RFID Yes, yep. that's my understanding. Yeah, well, not all okay. of them, but the new ones that they're producing. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's true. The reason why I bring that up is because, like I said, I have a personal Faraday cage for my passport now. It's very easy to block the uh, the radio signal. Just it's brass wire mesh. It's but essentially brass. Johnson, green, like you a, know that there's an RFID chip in your passport. Most people don't. Right. I think. Well, I think. I, I think that hopefully they're telling people. But the government has no responsibility for what it does. All I'm saying, Johnson, is that people deserve to not be frisked, to not have their stuff searched without their consent. If you know that there's an RFID chip in your passport and you walk around with your passport without some kind of, uh, they, I guess this. Faraday thing is some kind of little uh, steel case or something like that without protecting it. At the very least, you know, I think I would probably take a hammer and a towel and bang that RFID chip one good time and that would take care of it. But I don't know how that would work. What's that? Three seconds in the microwave will fry an RFID. Fine. Um, But as far as that's concerned, I I mean, should you take it further? Should there be no photography in public then? Johnson, I, I think that um, when when somebody's taking a picture, if 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 you've got just a uh, if you're out in public, and I think people have an uh, an understanding that there are cameras around. Most cameras are obvious and clear that they are there, um, and uh, you know there's there's signs. What? What's have you ever that? been to New York? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been to New York plenty. Well, there, no, you know, Johnson, I'm, I'm I. Sure there are- Hundreds of cameras you didn't see while you were in New York. I understand well where Mark's coming from. If you're outside, you're wearing what you're wearing. It's publicly viewable. Being photographed is not a big deal. Mark's more concerned with what he's got inside his backpack or inside uh, his pockets. And and to that extent, that makes sense. And I wouldn't ha- I wouldn't have any objection to uh, protesting a store that carried products that had RFID chips embedded in the actual product, as opposed to having them on the tags or the packaging of the product. I think that. Uh, you know, we haven't really seen any evidence.
evidence that they're anywhere else at this point. So I think it's really just speculation to suggest that these right. products would have them anywhere else. But if they did start showing up in, you know, the cuff of your sleeve on the shirt, then I think that is an objectionable thing. I think that uh, that makes sense. There's no reason to really have it there, and I could support something like that. I guess my argument against that, and my, my feeling is, is that, first of all, if, if RDs start getting everywhere, the public will become more conscious about them, and I think fairly quickly. But second of all, I think that, you know, you're going to have stores, and it's gonna, they're going to make it their obvious policy to deactivate them. Maybe people will get their own personal readers to see whether or not their clothing is giving off an RFID signal. Sure. Um, I know I have a QR code reader on my phone now. Um, you know, uh, it's for bags, me, Johnson. People have backpacks that have brass mesh in the bag. To, <laughs> it's so. all about the education. I don't sure. have a problem with that either. It's all mm. about the education, Johnson. Currently, people don't know about RFID chips, and it's not fair to search the ignorant. Okay, people do understand cameras and they do understand public places like they've got those ideas these are not analogous situations johnson thanks for the thoughts and the call appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 sam you crackpot <laughs> i know maybe johnson will start selling faraday cage backpacks yeah <laughs> little uh, triangular helmets 1-800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line you can take control of the airwaves bring up whatever's on your mind politicians and serial killers will compare them coming up uh, this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there, and we give them to you for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, don't forget, by the way, uh, that uh, if you want to listen in to the show and you don't have a local radio station to listen to that carries the program, you can go to listen.freetalklive.com, and that's where you'll find broadband and dial-up feeds for the show. Plus, we've got listen lines, that, so if you don't even have an internet connection, you can call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen around the clock. So our streams and our listen lines are available 24-7, the latest episode of Free Talk Live at all times there, uh, all there free at listen.freetalklive.com brought to you by qualityrental.com qualityrental.com you know they they like the uh, free talk live so much over there They're, they play it in the warehouse where they've got all their rental supplies uh, chairs and tents and uh, I, th- those cool things that you get married under with the flowers and the the arcs and stuff you can get all that stuff and uh, delivered to you southern new if you're in southern new england it's qualityrental.com that's qualityrental.com all right, so uh, we're going to continue here. Of course, we will take your calls about anything if you make them at 800-259-9231. Otherwise, Sam, you've got a little comparison that you're going to do here between – and where's this coming from, by the way? The uh, Examiner? The Examiner.com, yeah. It's uh, serial killers and politicians share traits. Mm, not a surprise. Yeah, yeah, it's really quite amazing here. Um, psychopathy is a personality disorder manifested in people who use a mixture of charm – manipulation, intimidation, and occasionally violence to control others in order to satisfy their own selfish needs. Although the concept of psychopathy has been known for centuries, the FBI leads the world in the research effort to develop a series of assessment tools to evaluate the personality traits and behaviors attributable to psychopaths. Interpersonal traits include uh, glibness, superficial charm, a grandiose sense of self-worth, 
pathological lying and the manipulation of others. Sounds like a politician. Yeah, it does. We actually, I took a handwriting analysis class years ago and we analyzed um, Bill Clinton's handwriting and it showed the traits of a pathological liar. Hmm. Uh, okay. I think pretty much it would, uh, most people would agree that Bill Clinton was a pathological liar. Uh, yeah, I would say so. But the fact that you get uh, labeled that way just shows how bad he was at it. Because clearly George Bush is a pathological liar, too. He's just, people believe him. I'd rather have a dumb president that's honest than uh, one that would lie to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, just so you know, you got a dumb president that lies to you. <laughs> the effective traits include a lack of remorse and or guilt, shallow uh, effect, and a lack of empathy and failure to accept responsibility. Now, there you're definitely talking politician. The lifestyle behaviors include uh, stimulation-seeking behavior, impulsivity, uh, irresponsibility, uh, parasitic orientation, and the lack of realistic life goals. Research has demonstrated that that in those criminals who are psych- psychopathic, scores vary, ranging from a high degree of psychopathy psychopathy in uh, some measure of to some measure of psychopathy however not all all violent offenders are psychopaths and not all psychopaths are violent offenders if violent offender if, if violent offenders are psychopathic they are able to assault rape and murder without concern for legal moral or so, social consequences this allows them to do what they want whenever they want ironically these same traits exist in men and women who are drawn to high profile powerful positions in society, including political office holders. Well, yeah, I mean, a political office holder, a politician, seeks power over other human beings, and similarly, the psychopath, the madman, also seeks a similar level of power. The difference being the the politician doesn't actually have to do any of the dirty work. Uh, the politician doesn't actually have to slice with the blade or cut, you know, or, or hold a gun to someone's head. Mm. He, he has men who will do that for him. So the politician in his psych- uh, psychopathy is all the more dangerous because his grandiose schemes and plots will affect far more people than uh, the, the individual psychopath. That's right. The uh, relationship between psychopathy and serial killers is particularly interesting. All psychopaths do not become serial murderers. Rather, serial murderers may possess some or many of the traits consistent with psychopathy. Uh, psychopaths who commit serial murders do not value human life and are extremely callous in their uh, interactions with their victims. This is particularly evident in sexual motivated serial killers who repeatedly target, stalk, and assault and kill without a sense of remorse. However, psychopaths, uh, psychopathy alone does not explain the motivations of a serial killer. You know, uh, politicians, when uh, they do what they do, they have justifications on um, uh, for it. It's not only that they, um, you know, that, that a, a, a psycho killer doesn't feel any remorse, and most people don't feel any remorse when they see the government going after someone uh, for something. But there's these justifications that are, uh, you know, lined up that sort of make it okay. The the, the politician says, well, you know, this is just a system doing what it's, uh, what it's doing. If they see an opportunity to protect someone and, and get some mileage out of it they may very well do it but they only do that for their own gratification what doesn't go unnoticed is the fact that some of the characteristic traits exhibited by serial killers or criminals may be observed in many within the political arena while not exhibiting physical violence many political leaders display varying degrees of anger uh, feigned outrage and other behaviors they also lack what most consider a shame mechanism Quite simply, most serial killers and many professional politicians 
must mimic what they believe are appropriate responses to situations they face, such as sadness, sympathy, empathy, and other uh, human responses to outside stimuli. So the they suggestion being that if a politician is expressing an emotion, that it may be just fake for the purposes of pandering well, the, to people? Well, the, they're, they're doing what they expect. They're, they're basically telling people what they want, what they think people want to hear. Sure they are. So when they come out, you know, after some national tragedy, oh, this is horrible, we are so deeply saddened, and, and they're faking all that. Yeah. When, in fact, they know that when they come out and say things like, this is horrible, and my heart goes out to you, and et cetera, that they're actually, they're just pandering for votes. They're just pandering to people so they can uh, get reelected. Yeah, I think that people almost see that as being uh, the case because in order to give a good speech, you have to rehearse. In order to rehearse, you have to sort of wash away the emotion, you know. So um, Obama is is lauded for being a great orator, and that denotes to people that most people aren't great orators. That that means that they can't get their their thoughts and their feelings uh, over uh, through their message. So I I, I just kind of think that people expect public speakers to be faking it i don't know i I think the really good ones are the people who are sort of experiencing and and being what it is they're talking about there are moments and those are live moments like uh, for instance when walter cronkite uh had the the situation with the uh the the i uh in in iran where the the hostages were taken uh the the guy from the the hindenburg's probably the the best example in history oh the humanity Mm -hmm. you know um these people who are caught in the moment. Those are the ones that truly uh, th- that span time. Some people will reference Bobby Kennedy's speech for Martin Luther King, but I watched it and I was just so completely unmoved. Oh, yay. He talked about liking black people. That's so nice. You know, it just didn't it just didn't it, it didn't it didn't have any uh, real feeling to me. It felt phony. It, it, that's what it seemed like to me. We'll come back more with this. Uh, your thoughts as well. Welcome at 800-259-9231. Share uh, on this or bring up anything you want. You can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. Politicians and serial killers, maybe not so different after all. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features on the site, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners with the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of this program. And if you're a lady listener, you can go and get the details on how to do that and check out the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. This show is brought to you by SACL CAI. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? 
SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top one on the right-hand side of the page. All right, 800-259-9231. Back to the story from the examiner, Sam, sharing with us the similarities between psychopaths, serial killers, not just regular psychopaths, but the, the worst of the worst, the serial killers uh, types of psychopaths, and politicians. And they're strikingly similar. Right. So here it's going to get into some of the sort of specifics of how they use the profile information to solve crimes. So, for example, they say uh, the crime scene behavior of psychopaths is uh, likely to be distinct from other offenders. The distinct behavior can assist law enforcement in linking serial cases. And so with the rest of this article, they, they talk about sort of the methods law enforcement use to profile and identify the serial killers and and eventually solve the crimes. But what I think is so fascinating to point out to to or for the listeners here to uh, sort of be thinking about in the back of their mind is this is really how you would talk to and influence a, a politician. And I think that'll probably make more sense as I read through the story. Okay. But think of it from that mindset. So psychopaths are sense are not sensitive to altruistic interview themes such as sympathy for their victims or remorse, guilt over their uh, crimes. They do not they do possess uh, certain personality traits that can be exploited, particularly their interest in narcissism, selfishness and vanity. Specific themes in past successful interviews of psychopathic serial killers focused on praising their intelligence, cleverness and skill in evading capture. So think about that in terms of our politicians. I mean, I'd like to uh, to welcome my friend, the my, the, the my great friend, the esteemed senator from Illinois. I mean, yeah, they do that kind exactly. of stuff to, to each other or, all the time. Or stroke, talk, talk stroke, to him, stroke. talk to him about the people who are uh, being hurt by this legislation that they're that they're uh, thinking about passing. Like the you know what whatever it is, they they really don't care. They're so disconnected from their victims because of the compartmentalization of government. That that's just meaningless to them, but yet, like Mark says, they're oh, I'm the honorable senator so and so. You know, some of them get offended if you don't use that inf- uh, that uh, terminology with them. I remember calling uh, just here in New Hampshire. There are hundreds of so-called representatives, right? And of course, I, I use that term because I don't believe that there's any way you could could be represented by a politician. I think they're only representing themselves, but. Uh, there have been times when I've called these people, and in New Hampshire, one of the nice things about this political system here and having hundreds of these people is they're relatively easy to access. They're not as insulated from the public as, say, they are in other states. They don't have huge staffs or anything like that. They, they're they working on— You call on, them, you're calling their home. Right. You generally are calling their home. Their kids are going to answer the phone. I mean, that— Most that, of them are too old to have kids, but— it's a, Frequently, well, it's happened. Yeah. Um, so, so you're, you know, you're contacting these people. You can contact them directly. So it's pretty easy to get them on the phone. And, uh, and so I've done that. And I'll usually call them by their first name because, well, that's just how I am uh, with folks. And uh, I'm not, you know, I'm also a Quaker and I don't use titles. Um, but some of them have actually expressed offense to me immediately when I did not call them representative so-and-so. They get very upset about that because right. oh, I have earned this title and it is very important and you will address me in the way that I see fit. 600 people in my uh, representative area have chosen me over some other S-head. So therefore, you must call me 
Your Honor, the Honorable. Yeah. You know, I wonder how small uh, of, a, of an office that one refers to someone as the Honorable or Your Honor or whatever. I don't know. I, I, I don't know either. I mean, is the select person uh, Honorable? Is anybody who has won an election the Honorable? Because uh, Is anybody who works for the criminal organization of government Honorable? I mean, the whole idea that they're the Honorable. Do is I have to call the janitor? Do I have to call the, the, the tax collector Honorable? <laughs> the whole idea that any of them are Honorable is ludicrous because, well, they're not honoring other people's rights. They're screwing people. Anyway, let's continue. As most homicides are committed by someone known to the victim, police focus on the relationships closest to the victim. Uh, This is a successful strategy for murder investigations. The majority of serial murders, however, are not acquainted or involved in a consensual relationship with their victims. For the most part, serial murders involve strangers with no visible relationship between the offender and the victim. Uh, This distinguishes a serial murder investigation as a more nebulous undertaking than that of other crimes, since the investigations generally lack an obvious connection between the offender and the victim. Investigators, yeah, that's a real problem for police departments. It takes real police work. Right, because, right. you know, you're talking about a situation where usually if somebody is uh, murdered, the first person you're going to go to is the one that they were having sex with. And yeah. uh, if if not, uh, you know, fan out to the people who live in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, fan out to the people that are related to them that are most likely to be at the house. Right. So, I mean, you're talking about a very small segment of people that uh, that you're going through. When you're dealing with someone who just kills someone else randomly, mm, that's tough stuff. Investigators instead attempt to uh, discern the motivations behind the murders of serial killers as a way to narrow their investigative focus. Serial murders can uh, serial murder crime scenes can have bizarre features that may cloud the identification of a motive. The behavior of a serial murder at crime scenes may evolve throughout the series of crimes and manifest different uh, interactions between the an offender and a victim. It is also extremely difficult to identify a single motivation when there is more than one offender involved in the ser- in the series. So there they're talking about how, you know, they they try and identify, okay, what's driving this person to do that so we can learn about him, figure out who he is. But if there's two or three of them that are involved, then you've got different things getting mixed in there and it really muddies the water. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so hard for people to understand all of this government corruption and the things that are going on because you have all of these corporate interests in there influencing the politicians to behave certain ways and and do these unlawful and illegal things. And they're trying to sort of make sense of it is, I think, very similar to what the police are facing here when they, you know, don't know who's who all's involved and they've got multiple people putting their sort of uh, spin on things. I don't know. It seems like a stretch to me. I, okay. I think that... Uh it's not hard to figure out the motivations of a politician, right? I mean, we know exactly what they're what they're doing. But we, who's pushing them to do the certain things and why? I, I think that can be a little more convoluted than just beyond the, you know, using government to reward friends and punish enemies. Yeah, well, getting more detailed, you're right. I mean, uh, uncovering all of that, the nasty insides of uh, politics would be relatively difficult to do because you don't know who they're talking to, who's influencing them, who's who's giving them money. Uh, but do you really need to know? Well, I think that people yeah. uh, innately know that the politicians are rewarding their friends and punishing their em- enemies. And the hope is that somehow along that uh, path that we'll get something out of this particular person that we want to get. 
Do they innately know that about all politicians, or is it just the ones in the other party? I think mostly uh, they they um, they they understand that all politicians are d- dirty, awful people. That's mostly what they'll say. Mm-hmm. But but on the other hand, they also believe that the next batch will be a good group. Right? Most of them don't believe that the, the that uh, the baseball players on the baseball team that they like are in fact good people because they believe that celebrity corrupts people. Mm-hmm. So I but don't they still cheer them on. But they anyway. cheer them on because they are the they Our are their team. team. We yeah we we won. Yay us. Yeah. Identifying a homicide series is easier in rapidly developing high-profile cases involving low-risk victims like everyday people. We'll come back with more of this in moments. Uh, Your thoughts are welcome. 800-259-9231. Serial killers, politicians, similarities. Share yours. Maybe there's uh, something that's been overlooked here. You're certainly welcome to add in your thoughts or bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves and bring up absolutely anything. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, you can do that. One of the ways uh, you can is by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase. Uh, so it's that simple. It's same old Amazon. You know them, the world's largest internet superstore. Man, they've got whatever it is you're looking for, I bet you, uh, in dozens of categories. You can get your shopping done. In fact, you can even order used items if you want to. Of course, if you're buying brand new, in many cases, you're going to get free super saver shipping if you're ordering through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Uh, we'll continue here the politicians and the serial killers and going to take your thoughts as well. Uh, Jim is in Maine. Listening on a new station that I don't think I'm officially allowed to announce yet, but we're excited to have you on board, Jim. Welcome uh, to Free Talk Live. Thanks, guys. Well, let's just say every good person listens to your show on this radio station. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great show. Thanks. Welcome um, aboard. I know. I think we've been on there pretty much the, uh, what, for the, like the last week, maybe? Yeah. So, Great well, show. Welcome, and I, I'm, a, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, so I, I diagnose people for a living, and I've also been... Uh, political activist, first as Democrat, then a Republican for many years. And um, so, you know, it's very interesting that we have this charade that we all kind of agree that we, we'll all kind of pretend that these folks we send to um, legislate are healthy individuals when I can tell you guys that the people I've worked with professionally are very bad people, some of them, but they don't make my skin crawl as much as the politicians and uh, government types that I've been around over the last 20 years. You're right. And I don't know that it's that they are all bad people, but it's you create this position of power where they can, you know, have this, this impact on other people's lives. Like they can get nowhere else, but government. And who do, who do people think it's going to attract? 
Yeah, and even the ones that go there halfway healthy, yeah. it, it turns them into people I'm sure they never wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama right. at one time was probably you know a pretty decent guy. He now has become a someone I could with no problem whatsoever diagnose as someone with um, severe narcissistic personality disorder. Right. You, I mean, who who would in their right mind believe that you could send somebody into the mob and uh, change it from the inside out? I don't mean going in and arresting people. I mean uh, working within the mob's system, using the mob's uh, uh, ways of dealing with uh, things and somehow turn it, you know, walk out of that sane and good and having uh, worked for the better. Yeah, they need help. A lot of them. The unfortunate thing is, you know, I wonder how many of them ever do get help, uh, you know, or do they turn to you know caricatures i don't know it just uh, well the I politicians i mean they help. don't they don't get help they just keep going i mean they they get they it's fit it feeds into them as right. we were talking they're about told they're healthy they're told they're good they're told they're honorable. the honorable person from such and such oh and now they get to move up the chain you start as a city council member then you go to become a representative then more you're important. a senator and then you know they they just want to aggregate more and more uh, power over other people's lives uh, to themselves I mean, the only yeah. way they could get help is by leaving the system exactly. and then trying to get back to a normal life that's exactly right good show thanks a lot jim thanks for the call tonight we appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 that is the SACL cai toll free line so what else do you have to share here tonight Sam? okay so let me just wrap up this story identifying a homicide series is easier in rapidly developing high profile cases involving low-risk victims these are everyday people uh, these cases are reported to law enforcement upon discovery, and the crimes uh, draw immediate attention of the media. In contrast, identifying a series of murders involving high-risk victims in multiple jurisdictions is much more difficult. These would be like street workers, prostitutes, that sort of thing. Uh, this is uh, primarily due to the high-risk lifestyle and transitory nature of the victims. Additionally, the lack of... Uh, Communication between law enforcement agencies and the differing records management systems impede the linkage of uh, causes to a common offender. So you see, so the that? bureaucracy makes it difficult. To exactly. Yeah, and they're not able to communicate, and because the you've also got the people who don't trust the government, so they're not you know open and, and honest as they might otherwise be. While many political leaders will deny the assessment regarding their similarities with serial killers and other <laughs> career criminals. Who would say, oh yeah, I see some similarities. <laughs> it is part of a psychopathic profile that may be used in assessing the behaviors of many officials and lawmakers at all levels of government. Nice. From examiner.com or the examiner? Uh, examiner.com. Very good. Any uh, other thoughts on this, gents? Well, you know, uh, we on uh, the Liberty Radio Network, there's this commercial, this sort of fake commercial that you run. Uh, yeah, from, uh, yeah. From Clint Webb. Yeah, Clint Webb from this fake politician. And in it, he, he says something to the effect of, uh, you know, my narcissism, you know, maybe maybe we can work together to, to piggyback your social concerns onto my insatiable quest for narcissism or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And it's... And self-glorification. Yeah, it's, it's, whatever. They, whatever they say, they say it far better than uh, be trying to encapsulate what the what the guy's saying. I just I, I find it to be very very clever, and it's uh, actually only a portion of it, isn't it? I'm trying to pull it up. I can't. Uh, yeah, it's find the it right the whitest kids you know is the YouTube channel, I believe. That's right. Yeah, and, they do uh, skit comedy. They do. Yeah, that was. A great and it one. is only a portion of it. It runs a little bit longer than that. Uh, the the full skit. But, you got to have it for sixty seconds or something. Right, but it I cut down to sixty seconds pretty well. Yeah, it worked yeah. out. 
I, I, you know, I would love to have more of those to, to run over at uh, LRN.FM because they're just fun. And that's really the only good kind of f- fun little promo thing that we're running right now or, or parody if, if you will. Oh, there's the, 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 the one that's been there forever and ever, which is the, uh, the, the, the one with the guy with the flying shoes. The government. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that. Well, that's an actual promo for an organization that, uh, that may or may not exist at this yeah, point. It's been so long. I'm trying true. to get Luther to uh, do some PSAs as Byron Kingsley, but mm-hmm. I haven't had success with that yet. You probably have to write the scripts for him, and then he'll just yeah. You know, I, I, tr- I tried to send. I sent him some ideas, but I haven't heard from him. So pressure him, y'all. If you well, he's hear a busy these. man. You know, Luther. Uh, <laughs> Luther is a busy guy. He works uh, full time, and uh, I would I would say that the way to do that would be to you know a lot of the activists want to plug into something. You know, they want to mm-hmm. just it is be a able lot easier to come in and and do what they need to do and. And so writing up the scripts for that would be the way to do it. Then you just have him come down and cut it. And yeah. then, then he's in, he's here for however long it takes him to, to cut the audio. And he doesn't have to worry about coming up with doing the creative side of, uh, of things. Not to say that Luther isn't creative. It's just, or that, it's uh, just more work. And not yeah. to say that any of our listeners couldn't write a script up and send it in. They could, to- could well. totally crowdsource it. Absolutely. Well, that would be great. So how could they do that for you, Sam? What would be the uh, best way? Send it to me at contact at obscuredtruth.com. Contact at obscuredtruth.com. So what are you looking for? What do you want them to send you? Anything creative. I mean, right now, I think like Ernie Hancock brings up the fact that, you know, when these elections, he doesn't vote. But when these elections are going on, you've got people's attention. So anything related to sort of a current event or the election process or the politicians, I think it needs to be somewhat generic. Yeah, the more evergreen it can be, the better. I don't want to put something into rotation that's going to go out in another week. I want something that can run and run and run. Right. But there are some great points to bring out that the politicians are just completely glossing over and don't want people to, to realize you can make fun of the bailouts or, you know, there's all kinds of cannon fodder that these people provide. So find something, make it funny, make it clever, about 60 seconds long, and uh, I think it would make for some great spots. We could do 30s as well. They do have to be kind of customized for, uh, and and better to make it maybe a little on the long side, we can then trim it down, take a few words out here and there, um, rather than making it shorter than than 60 seconds, and then we have to figure out ways to add things to it. But this would be a great way for people that aren't here in New Hampshire to get involved in some activism and maybe you're, you know, maybe wherever it is you live, activism doesn't exist or it's disappointing. Well, this is a way for you to get uh, get your creative juices flowing, and that's just not. I never really feel like I'm the right person for that job. I don't. Uh, I don't feel like I'm a creative uh, personality as much as I am a technical. Uh, you know, I, I can handle the technical aspects of things and and hold down the the uh, you know the kind of the mechanics of the show. But I've never really considered myself the idea man. It's, yeah, I can do it, but it, it takes me a long, long time. Yeah. So it's it's a huge investment. So you brilliant, funny, creative people out there, put something like that together, and then it'll air on LRN. Yeah, that'd be great. And across our wonderful radio affiliates, in some cases as well. So thank you. Uh, by the way, there's some good news. Speaking of our radio affiliates, LRN.FM uh, has its first micro station that is actually pulling our signal in off of our satellite feed which i'm very excited about because the, K, the ku satellite yeah the ku band satellite feed so excellent i'm excited about that because when so i bought a lot the, of money into it i did i put <laughs> thousands of dollars into that and when i bought it i was thinking well what if nobody listens to this what if nobody uses this because i don't know i mean it, yeah it covers the entirety of north america canada united states mexico even cuba could receive the these, these signals uh, not it's not like shortwave. It sounds great saying. when you tune it in. It's crystal clear, digital sure. uh, MPEG two quality. Um, but uh, you know, it still requires somebody to know you're there and or to kind of seek you out and 
Uh, you can come across it accidentally, but you still have to have the equipment in order to come across it uh, on accident. So I was glad to hear that uh, a radio station is taking LRN.FM content off of there. And you can learn more about that over at broadcast.lrn.fm as to how you can do that, too. We are out of time for tonight. It has been Ian with you. And Sam, I am. And don't forget to visit Sam over at ObscuredTruth.com and send your suggestions for uh, commercials to contact at ObscuredTruth.com. See you.